I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 212. Okay, first off, I have a new thing I'm obsessed over. Miss Dutchie. Yes, she is. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I watch her nightly. So she's on TikTok and she does lives mm-hmm. of her making cups, making tumblers. And she does the like enamel? swirl. No, it's epoxy. Oh, okay, okay. Like enamel like it's your fucking teeth. <laughs> but she does like the whole swirl kind of thing. I don't know. She's just, I, I don't know. She's so relatable. And I think I like it because she's just her and it's not just like some big production thing. I, I don't know. I, I love her. Love her. So if you like ASMR, because that's my ASMR, mm-hmm. I've decided. Just watching that wheel spin with the cup. Uh-huh. And her just talking to me, just like watching the dots and everything. Well, and it looks like it's not going to turn out. Like you're like, what the fuck? With like the random dots, but like the more it spins, the more it like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there. Uh-huh. I talk to people like they can hear me. Um, Because if they don't want glow, which is like glow in the dark stuff, I'm like, why not? Come on, just put it in. It doesn't make it any different. It just glows. <laughs> anyway, y'all, I'm obsessed. Well, you know who else is obsessed with something? You? No. Jax. Oh. The dog. What I'm talking about is Jinx. Like J-I-N-X. Like pinch, poke, you owe me a Coke? Yeah, because this is food and treats all for that little pup pup, y'all. Okay. So let me just tell you what Jinx is, because then I got to tell you the shit that Jax is obsessed with. So Jinx is clean, modern food and treats designed for dogs by pet parents. It's crafted with easy to digest proteins like organic chicken, superfoods like pumpkin, carrots, cranberries, and probiotics for gut health. And we all know that we have to take probiotics. So do your dogs. Yeah. And let me just tell you, there was this, well, because they, they sent us some good good for our dogs, and there was this chicken sprinkle that you put on the top of your dog food. Uh-huh, it's like toppers. Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, my bee didn't read the instructions, and you put like a teaspoon, and I put like a fourth of the package. Oh, oh God. But it didn't fuck up his stomach. Oh, now that's huge. Exactly. And y'all, when I say it looked like that bowl just came out the dishwasher. (laughs) It did. She sent a picture. (laughs) That dog ate every last morsel. And he had chicken. That's his topper. The topper is chicken. But they sent us um, salmon and chicken food food. And again, I just gave him the salmon. We hadn't gotten to the chicken yet. But I just fucking gave him the salmon food. Like didn't. Because you know with the dog, you're supposed to like. Mix their food. Blah, okay, blah. that's what I did, but okay. Yeah, I didn't. I just went straight to the food. And that <laughs> motherfucker ate it, and it ha- it did not mess his stomach up. That is huge. Well, Marley is the pickiest eater out of every dog I've ever seen. She will turn her nose up at, like, things that other dogs would chomp your hand off for. She's like, no thanks. No, no, no. Marley loves the treats, loves them, and she also loves the salmon and sweet potato. Never before has she liked that combo. Because Bo used to get all the sweet potato sticks and stuff that she would get. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. That bee was like, this is all for me. You know what's so cool, too? This is probably one of my favorite things about Jinx. Is that every Jinx purchase provides a meal for a shelter dog through their Give Bark program. I know. And you know I love a pun. The the name of that, Give Bark, I was like, well, is that not the cutest fucking thing ever? (laughs) Right? But the biggest thing, because again, we got picky eaters. We know that. Jinx offers 100% satisfaction guarantee. Yeah. If it's not your dog's favorite, you get your money back. That's huge because dog food is so expensive anywhere, any kind you get. And then you're stuck with it if your dog doesn't like it. Marley, side eye to Marley. But not with Jinx. You don't have to worry about that. So if y'all want to try Jinx, Today, you get 15% off your first two orders online at thinkjinx.com slash creep. Yeah, I said your first two orders. So that's T-H-I-N-K-J-I-N-X dot com slash creep. C-R-E-E-P for 15% off your first two orders. Your dog deserves healthy food that they actually want to eat and that you can feel good about. So go to thinkjinx.com 
com slash creep. Another thing I'm obsessed with is a meme that someone put in the Facebook group and it was about having tattoos on condoms. So when like they peeled them off, <laughs> they would have a tattoo on their dick. <laughs> I went off on that post. That was hilarious. I had too many ideas. Well, also though, I saw your comment something like thumbs through your drawers like do you want a blah 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 do you want a blah 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 <laughs> yeah. tell me why and you because you made this comment the other day about something totally different and it like triggered a memory but tell uh-huh. me why I went straight to back in the day when you went to the tannin bed with the little sticker oh yeah the playboy sticker yeah you do like a playboy or a unicorn or blah blah blah, blah. yes like tell me why I instantly thought of that <laughs> and it was only because you unlocked that memory the other day I was like oh my god we did used to do that back when we didn't care about melanoma <laughs> Also, the why? <laughs> like, it was like a tattoo. <laughs> this is what my skin used to look like. <laughs> <laughs> like <what? laughs> All I could think about was that juicy fruit gum that would give you tattoos Touch on your tongue. tongue. Yes. Why you keep unlocking memories for me? <laughs> How do you remember all this shit? <laughs> this is why I like those TikToks or, or like any like list of like things from the 80s, things from the 90s. And I'm like, oh, I had that. I did that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I watched a TikTok and it said weird things we did as 90s kids. And it said we put pin like needles in our fingers. And I was like, yes, yes, we did. And yes. I had like new kids on the block pins. Of course I did. And uh, like the button pins. Yeah. Not like an ink pen. Yeah. And I used to like... Just weave it through yeah, the very like a, outer layer yes. and be like, ooh, like I had my own fucking tambourine on my hand. Or like um, safety pins. Yes. Now, tell me why I could do all that, but couldn't get my ears pierced till I was 27. And I finally had the nerve to do that. You know, that is a, something I don't want to unlock. <laughs> but let me tell you what some other people are unlocking. Oh, shit. Patreoners are unlocking all kind of old episodes. <laughs> because you know what? These people that we're about to tell you, they get all the upcoming shit, which is an episode a week extra, and all the backlog. So thank you so much, Katie C. from Indiana. April T. from Texas. That was good. That was better. Lucy P. from NC. Is that a rhyme? Kind of. I mean, kind of, yeah. Okay, okay. I was like, when I wrote it down, I was like, oh, I gotta say it. <laughs> well, I like it, but then it reminded me of NSYNC, and then, I don't know. Oh, God, she went Donna on it. <laughs> of course I did. Laura P. from Wisconsin. Connor H. from Virginia. Megan A. from Ohio. Don H. from Michigan. And Samantha R. from North Carolina. Well, we're not going to be the dead horse. You heard all the benefits they get already. That's a terrible saying. Well, it's a saying. <laughs> okay, continue. So head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, so this week I am going to tell y'all about a hole that will not stay filled. And I'm not talking about mine. You know, I didn't say a word. I, I saw your you. eyes. I saw your eyes, ma'am. Picture it. Newton, Alabama in the Civil War times. William Skeeto, known as Bill, was a Methodist preacher, but also a soldier in the Civil War. He was born on June 8th, 1818. Now, there are some conflicting stories. Some say that he was born in Madrid, Spain, and others say South Carolina. <laughs> That's a difference. I know, right? I'm like, all I know, those are two completely different places. But I found on MyHeritage.com that Bill was born in South Carolina, but his father, John, was born in Spain. So I think maybe that's where the mix-up comes. But either version you go with, you end up there in South Carolina, then to Newton, Alabama, where Bill meets his future wife, Sarah Clemens. Obviously, they got married, and they ended up having eight children together. Sheesh. Now, I mentioned that Bill was a soldier, but his profession, first and foremost, was being a preacher. Bill was a kind, gentle man, and something to note, he was not a slave owner, even though that was pretty common in the South back in the day, obviously. He didn't believe that the country should be split in two, so he was kind of against the whole mindset of the war. He wanted to bring people together and not tear them apart. But the war raged on, and soon Bill was drafted into the Confederate Army. Now, everyone knew his stance on things, and so they gave him kind of this side eye because they didn't know what he was going to do. 
was he actually going to serve his country? Was he actually going to fight for something, even though he had spoken out against it? But he did. He had an obligation to his community, his country, and so he went and served. He was stationed in Virginia, and I think it had been about three years that he had been in the army when he received a letter that told him Sarah, his wife, was sick. And it wasn't just like a regular illness. She didn't seem like she was going to make it. So Bill was torn. You know, he loved his country. He had his duty that he needed to do, but he loved his wife more. And he had his family to think about. Freaking eight kids. So he knew no one else was there to take care of Sarah in her time of need. And so he needed to be that person. So back in those days, there was this option, if you couldn't serve in the war, you could get someone else to. The Enrollment Act of 1863 basically said you can pay someone, a substitute, to take your place and fight in the war. Now you had to pay this person like 300 bucks back then. So that would be around $5,000 in today's money. That's all? I mean, like, that's a lot of money. Like, I'm not saying like $5,000 is cheap, but I'm saying to possibly die for you, that's pretty fucking cheap. Right. Well, that's kind of the controversy is people were like, okay, so rich people could pay the poor people to fight. And when you are living in poverty, that 300 bucks at that time, that was huge. Right. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That is a lot of money. I do not have that amount of money to pay someone. But in the grand scheme of you're going to die for somebody, more likely than not, um, that's not that much money for right. a life. Right. Oh, for sure. They deserved it more, but people who had families and they were like, look, I might get drafted anyway. Might as well do this and have them taken care of. True. But it sucks because they should have gotten more. And so that's the whole thing. Like rich people get to pay like, you know, freaking pennies to them basically and not have to get their hands dirty. And these people could potentially lose their lives. So a lot of people just didn't like that it was an option, but it was. So Bill decided to do this. So he went back home to Newton. Sarah had pneumonia, which was pretty serious back in the day and still can be serious depending on like what else you have, your immune system. I don't know, medical shit. But back then, super serious. Well, Bill stayed with Sarah, looked after her, but it wasn't just like one week kind of thing. It was a long time he was back home caring for his wife. And people already thought he wasn't fully committed to fighting in the war. And this just made them shake their heads and call him a coward you know, that he was using Sarah as a means to not have to fight anymore. But I'm like, dude, he, he's been in there for three years already. I'm just saying. Well, but it's also the man taking care of the wife. So it's he's probably getting some backlash like that. Like, oh, true. why would he want to stay home and take care of her when he could be fighting the war like a man? Very true. Very true. Well, the rumors grew from not only him being a coward to him being a deserter which was like the absolute worst thing to be called during wartime. And obviously he had went through the proper channels and obviously he had went through the proper channels, but most didn't like the idea of substitutes. So it was still like he was deserting the war. And this bad taste remained in people's mouth for a while. They thought Sarah had improved enough that Bill should return to war. Well, word got around to the home guard and the home guard was basically what it sounded like. They were a local militia who worked with the Confederate Army and helped defend their home, their territory, but they would also capture anyone who was deserting the Army or sympathetic to the Union's cause. Now, they were basically volunteers. They were not paid and were people who couldn't fight on the front lines or had gotten injured during the war, and this was a way they could still serve. But a lot of the times it was older, like, I don't know, like 50 year old farmers that, you know, they couldn't serve on the front lines, but they could do what they needed to in the town. The only pay that they would get would basically come from a bounty for capturing a deserter. Now, some home guards abused the power they were given, of course, and thought they were above the law and could do whatever they wanted in the name of the war. And well, in this instance... That's kind of what happened. The Newton Home Guard, which were known as the Buttermilk Rangers. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> 
They were led by Joseph Briere. He was in his late 20s, a lawyer and very intelligent. He had served in the war for a while, but he was captured in Gettysburg, but then exchanged and was sent home where he became the leader of the Buttermilk Rangers. Also, I always think about uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when I say that. Every time I typed it, I wanted to say Mighty Morphin, but you know, whatevs. Every time you've said it, I've wanted to say ranch, like Buttermilk Ranch. <laughs> well, that is the difference in us. Tell me you're fat without telling me <laughs> you're fat. <laughs> I don't love Buttermilk Ranch, though. No, but I still love it. Love ranch. <laughs> I'd still take that over no ranch. True. Anyway, this man, he had seen all sides of the war, and he did not like the idea of anyone deserting. Well, I mean, who loves the idea? Who's like, you know? I mean, some people probably did. I love it when people desert. <laughs> I love dessert, too. I mean, the fuck? But I'm just saying, he had been captured, he had fought, he had done all the things. So he's like, the least you could do is serve your part? Yes. I mean, I get that. On December 3rd, 1864, Bill Skeeto was walking home from the pharmacy where he had gotten some medicine for Sarah. He was avoiding the town as much as possible because, you know, people really hadn't been treating him too kindly. And he knew the rumors that were spreading. So instead of walking through town, he walked down by the Choctawhatchee River. Now, maybe unbeknownst to Bill, this is where many a deserter had been captured or had been rumored to stay. But he was just walking, trying to make it home to Sarah. But that's when Captain Briere called out to Bill and, you know, just made some small talk, asking him how Sarah was, all the things. And this threw Bill off TBH because no one had really gone out of their way to be nice for the last like month or so. But it was all a ruse because five buttermilk rangers appeared and they surrounded Bill. They accused him of being a deserter, which he repeatedly denied and tried to explain that he had hired a substitute. He told them that he was innocent and that they would forever remember how they were treating him. Well, they hated him trying to deny it, so they attacked him, beat him up. Then they made him crawl on his hands and knees through the sand beside the river just for the humiliation of it. And then they made him crawl over to a tree line and they had a buggy there. And in that buggy, they had a rope hidden. They pulled out the rope. One end was already tied in a noose. They slipped it over Bill's head and threw the other over an post oak branch. So he's now there in the buggy, noose around his neck, and they ask him if he had any last words. So what he said instead was prayers for forgiveness for the men who had attacked him and were going to kill him. And this angered the men even more. How dare someone believe he's like holier than thou? What's he trying to do? All the things, fragile egos, you know. But, you know, this is how Dolores Van Cartier got away in Sister Act. So mm -hmm. he might have not been doing it for, like, their benefit. He was probably trying to make them feel bad enough to let him go, just like Dolores did. Great reference, by the by. Thank you. So anyway, the men were angered by this. And one of the men whipped the buggy's horse to cause it to run and therefore leave Bill hanging from the branch. But there's something that the men did not account for. Bill's height and weight. He was a very tall man, and he was solid. He wasn't an extra large pizza, but, you know, just solid. Like like a, like a farmer. Yeah. Solid and strong as shit. Yeah. And he was tall, like over six foot tall. So he was just a big dude. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't account for it. And so the limb bent under him just enough that his feet would touch the ground. So he's kind of dangling there, but keeping himself alive. So... That's when George Eccles, one of the men who was there on crutches, because remember, if they got injured, they could join the home guard. Well, he used his crutch basically as a shovel, and he dug an eight-inch deep hole under Bill. Oh. And that way, his feet would no longer touch. Bill, kick him in the fucking face. <laughs> kick him in the face, motherfucker. That's what you sounded like. I don't know why. But that is when Bill Skeeto took his last breath. Now, there's another version of this as well, because many say that the Confederacy had already done away with the substitution laws, 
And then furthermore, there were no papers to prove that Bill ever served in the military at all. They believe the reason why he was hung was because he helped John Ward out, who was a Union sympathizer. And he had his own little misfit militia of deserters and others who were pro-Union. And this was first mentioned in a book by David Williams called The Rich Man's War, Caste, Class, and Confederate Defeat in the Lower Chattahoochee. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Way down yonder in the Chattahoochee. Uh, (laughs) Gets hotter than a hoochie-coochie. But I'm not going to say anymore because uh, he's serious about his copyright. (laughs) 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 And the thing about this little militia is that they attacked the Buttermilk Rangers two months prior to Bill's murder. So it might be likely that they believed Bill to be one of the ones that had attacked them. And they lost a man that day. So they were hurt and pissed and all the things. Well, they had already gotten three men together that they were like, this is who attacked us, blah, 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 blah. And they tried to get them found guilty, but there was no evidence. So it's like they saw their opportunity with Bill and took it, you know, and with it, his life. Either version of that story ends up with Bill being hanged and the hole being dug. And that is the hole that could never be filled. So Bill's death was quite the talk of the town for a bit. And then it never seemed to quiet down because when people tried to fill the hole and cover up the spot so, you know, you couldn't see where it was anymore, the hole would be cleaned out soon after. The locals tried to fill it with trash, with dirt, any other kind of local debris around the river, but nothing would remain in there. It was as if Bill's ghost was cleaning it out or his feet that were dangling there just swept it out or, you know, so the legend says. There have been people who have camped near the river and they were like, okay, we're going to pack in the hole, make it all covered, put our tent over the hole. So they fill it up, put their tent over the hole. But in the morning, that hole was cleared out again. And it wasn't just like the wind was doing it because their tent was over it. This hole remained unfilled for more than a hundred years. For more than a century, nothing would be in this hole for longer than a day. But in 1990, there was a flood. And to protect the bridge that had been built over this spot, the town put a shit ton of rocks there. It's something that the engineers like, you know, figured this up to help protect from the water and erosion and all that shit. So it's like not boulders, but like bigger rocks, if that makes sense. You've all seen like bridges with like the rocks on the side. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what it is. It's all underneath the bridge. So we honestly don't know if it remains unfilled because the rocks are simply too deep to find the hole again. So it could be unfilled and the rocks are just laying on top. We don't know. But now, remember when Bill told them that he was innocent and they would remember how they treated him? Well, the people say old Bill got his vengeance because all of the men who were connected to his murder died under odd circumstances. Joseph Briere, the leader, he died from a tree branch falling on him while he was riding his horse. It wasn't like, oh, a super windy day or anything like that. It was just... A freak accident, but guess what kind of tree? A post oak, just like the one he hung Bill Skeeto from. Wow. Another one lost some cattle, so he went into like a swampy area looking for him, got into quicksand, and couldn't get out. Me on Mario all the time. <laughs> then another was struck by lightning, and then another was killed when he fell off his mule that had gotten spooked. So the mule had dragged him to his death, basically. Shit. That is awful. Yes. Like, I'm not laughing, but I kind of just laughed. But that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Well, Bill Skeeto is famous locally, and there's a plaque down by the Choctawhatchee River. But what made him even more famous was his story being published by Catherine Tucker Wyndham in her book, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. And that is a story of the hole that could not be filled. Like the hole that's in your heart or your... that one's filled depends on the day (laughs) honestly true the week well i love local folklore and i never heard of this story but when i because i was looking up alabama stuff i don't know why and saw this i was like love this so it's not spooky but it's just i don't know 
it's sad, but I kind of like that he got his vengeance. Yeah, for sure. Because that's the kind of movies I love, like Taken and John Wick. <laughs> I love that kind of shit. But you know what else I like more than those kind of movies? What's that? Daily Harvest. Did I say it loud enough for the people in the back? And we all know that bitch can't cook and this bitch hates it. Right? And it's so good. It's good for you food that tastes good. And it's right there in your freezer. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. But you don't have to squeeze the lemon because they've already squeezed it for you. And even better, you don't have to go to the grocery store because it's delivered right to your door. Can I get an amen? Amen. That was an awful amen. Amen. Look, we've told you once. We'll tell you again. Daily Harvest has harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, all kinds of shit with organic fruits and vegetables. And it really is so good. And it's good for you. When you get Daily Harvest, you never have to question if the food you're eating is good for you. Because like I said... Because we told you 20 times. Okay. Okay, ma'am. So whether you need something breakfast, lunch, dinner, or, you know, your girls love snacks and desserts because we are snacks and the dessert at the end... It's definitely better for you than takeout. So avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com slash creeps to get up to $40 off your first box. Remember, creeps is plural. That's dailyharvest.com slash creeps for up to $40 off your first box. Let's say it again. Dailyharvest.com slash creeps. (laughs) that's (laughs) c-r-e-e-p-s they understand my singing okay grinch daily harvest is so good that the grinch would even like it that's it i'm not going (laughs) okay so my story this time is not a recommendation from the facebook group it's a recommendation from colby via tiktok Oh. So Colby went down this rabbit hole of this TikToker who does like serial killers in every state. So I know you don't love serial killers, but hear me out on this story. Motherfucking Colby gets his way every motherfucking time. (laughs) But I swear you're going to like this story. Mm -hmm. You will bet me. No, I don't want to (laughs) lose. You're excited. So I know it's probably going to be good. Okay. So obviously, you know the ending, but this is the story of Sean Sellers. So Sean was born in California on May 18th, 1969. His mom, when he was born, was only 16 years old. And she was with his father, who is said to have been very unstable and an alcoholic. Eventually, when Sean was about two or three, his parents got divorced. Eventually, his mom, whose name is Vonda, married a guy. Vonda? Like V-O-N-D-A. Yeah. Oh, okay. Married a guy named Paul. And Sean loved Paul and and viewed Paul as his father. But the problem was Paul was a truck driver and Vonda traveled with Paul. So what they would do is they would leave Sean with relatives, typically his grandmother, while they, you know, did the -the over-the-road trucking thing and would be gone and come to visit him like once every week or two. But eventually Sean would move around with his mom and stepdad They would still leave him with relatives when they were gone a lot, but they would move all the time, which I don't really understand. But by the time Sean was 16, he had moved over 30 times. What in the world? Who wants to move that much? First of all, I am way, way too lazy to pack up my house at all. Yes. Second of all, moving is expensive. You got to turn on utilities. You got to pay your deposits. Mm -hmm. You got to do all that business. That's expensive. Look, packing and unpacking, it's not for me. I am not moving again until I can pay a company to do that. Honestly, it drives me bonkers. So you're never moving again? Yes, that is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me out on that. (laughs) Well, as much as Sean loved his stepfather... His mom, she was a bitch. She's very, she's very aggressive towards Sean and like very much a spare the rod, spoil the child type. Ugh. So she was very like physical with his punishments. Yeah. Could you imagine? I don't know if she was like that to her husband, but could you imagine being on the road with her then? No, because you want to literally send me into immediate fight or flight. And by that, I mean, I will fight yell at me in a motherfucking car. Mm-hmm. Raise your voice to me in a car and it legitimately sends hives, like all, not actual hives, but like it like sends tingles all over my body and not in the fucking good way. In the, 
I want to knock this window out and get out of this car. Yeah. With it moving because it is too much. It's it's sensory overload and I cannot do it. But ask me where she's the most shrill <sighs> in the car. I know. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I yawned and sometimes when I yawn I do a oh at the end. And by sometimes she means seventy-five uh, percent of the time. And it scared Colby when I did it, and he was <laughs> like, "If I would have yelled like that when I yawned, it would have made you so mad." And I'm like, "Well, don't do it. I can do it. You can't do it." <laughs> that one hundred percent. Look, Carrie hates something really loud and piercing. But I don't know what she did to her uh, dining room. I don't know why Carrie positioned herself at the head of the table sometimes in her dining room. Because that is like the vortex of sound. And she will be so shrill in there. (laughs) And it hurts my ears so bad. But same with me. Like, if we're playing a game, you know, you get loud. And it's like, oh, that hurts my ears. I'm like... We need to soundproof this fucking one spot. Yes. In her dining room. And by dining room, she means like a literal nook. <laughs> and that's probably why. It's just like a small. Nook, yeah. And yeah. Oh my gosh. The sound in there. And I don't know why, but that's where she always gets like scared and shit. And so it's just ear piercing. Anyway, on with your story. So back to the physical abuse, basically. I mean, it was because it wasn't just spankings. Because I know a lot of people still spank their kids and still support it, even though there is tons of research that shows that kids who are spanked have higher risks for like mental illness, decreased coping. I mean, all the things. They tend to lie to their parents more because they don't want to get in trouble. Like literally, there's a plethora of reasons why you should not spank your kids. But, you know, just go ahead and teach them that it's okay to hurt the ones you love. It's fine. Speak more on that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I have an opinion on it. <laughs> but not only You did, are a living example. Did you get spanked? You yes. Spanked. And I have mental illness. I don't trust people. And I lied to my parents. You did. Yeah. And I didn't. I mean, I got mental illness. So. Yeah, you definitely got that. <laughs> I, definitely have, I have different attachment issues and everything else. You know, my mom was too sweet to me. And now like, I, I love you so much. Never leave me. I also feel like my parents did the best they could with the knowledge that they have. And for some people, that's their parenting style. And I mean, you do you. Look, one time I spanked Marley and I looked at her and said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I did spank her. <laughs> she hurt me and it wasn't like it was her fault, but it wasn't. But but you but that's the thing. You spanked her out of anger. Uh-huh. And that's what a yeah. lot of like parenting spanking is is out of anger and so it's like okay so you literally are teaching your kids when someone makes you angry even if it's somebody you love so much you could squeeze them you can hurt them yeah never again did i ever and like by spank i mean like pop or booty yeah do i do that on the daily we call it booty toots that's what i'm like you want your booty toots and that motherfucker loves to get her booty tapped and then rubbed because you tap 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 it in i do so sean's grandfather was just as abusive as his mom was and very i wonder where she got it from right but also like very demeaning very like um like you got to be strong you got to be like manly strong and oh okay insert all the annoying things yeah but sometimes sean would stay with one of his uncles when his mom and stepdad were on the road and this uncle was a whole ball of toxicity so sounds like his whole family was right well okay so this uncle would take sean hunting now y'all i'm gonna get a little graphic so if you need to skip forward a little bit you can um but so when his uncle would kill an animal like to eat it just regular hunting stuff like hunting i'm not saying shit about hunting if you're hunting for food whole nother thing but like when they would go hunting if sean would be like not want to to do it or like get be like oh when he would do some of the things i'm gonna tell you in a minute he would tell sean that he's a wimp and just chastise him for not participating But here's the thing. His uncle didn't just like, okay, let me take a bow and arrow or a shotgun out and go kill a deer so I can have food. No, his uncle would like, again, this is the part you need to skip if you don't want to hear this. But one time he saw his uncle use an axe on a raccoon's head. Not a raccoon! And then pull the legs until the head tore off. What? Yeah, so this wasn't just like regular hunting. This was like, yeah. Because, look, we're in the South. People go hunting, like, during deer season, and they will 
have enough food to feed their family like for a year until the next deer season so i'm not shaming hunting at all and i know some people don't agree with it so i'm just pissing people all around the table today with the spanking and the hunting thing but i'm not saying anything about hunting i'm saying about this kind of hunting well it's not the hunting that he's doing that's wrong it's the torture after right like when he catches it yes Oh my God. And why a raccoon? Allegedly, when Sean was about six or seven, he started to hear voices. And the voices that he would hear were very critical of him. So they matched what he was experiencing in his daily life. And through all of the moving and through the abuse, and there was one thing that talked about he did experience some sexual abuse in there somewhere. But he never says, like, who it was. Some people have speculated that it was the uncle. Literally, I was about to say it was the uncle. Well, and this is kind of why I lean towards the uncle. Again, all fucking allegedly. But when Sean was about 12, he was wetting the bed. And his uncle would make him wear diapers to bed. Oh, my gosh. And so, which, hey, you got to do what you got to do. They do make, like, older kid pull-ups yeah. and stuff. So, this isn't about him making him wear diapers it's about a 12 year old needing to wear diapers and then if he would have an accident two nights in a row his uncle would make him wear that diaper on his head all day what yes oh my gosh well i didn't know any of that obviously at one point sean was living in colorado doing really good um was doing like a junior rotc thing like graduated from a little program was doing like really great And then his family was like, we're going to move to California. And and he moved so much, honestly, that I may be getting which location he was in the ROTC confused because there were so many. But he moved from this small town to L.A. Oh, gosh. And so he got picked on in school. He went from being like this really good student. He's so smart. Like, he loved to read. Like, he was just that kid that was air quotes quirky like he loved to play Dungeons and Dragons he loved to read he loved that you know he just wasn't like sports and you know what I mean yeah so he had a really hard time in California and then you know there was just so many moves and it was like when he finally started doing so great in this one place they would just move So he got to where he was like, well, fuck it. I mean, I'm just going to not, I'm going to stay to myself. I'm not going to make friends. I'm going to just sit here and read because why not? Because I don't want to make friends and then they're going to make me move. Remember, moved 30 times by the time he was 16. So he had a lot of like mood swings um, where he was almost like, almost like a bipolar where he went from like manic to depression like he was have these like euphoric times and then times where he was so depressed he had suicidal ideations he also became like one article was saying he was like obsessed with good and evil because his family touted themselves as being these fine upstanding christians where he's getting sexually assaulted beaten and some of his family members had issues with drugs so he's like okay y'all are godly people so He became interested in Satanism and the occult. And allegedly, some of this obsession with, like, and again, this is the media version of Satanism. So, like, I know that people who, like, are Satanists, like, don't identify in this way. So just know that I'm describing, like, the media version of how it was portrayed with this case around Sean. So allegedly, he had this babysitter that would bring books and, like, read them to him. And, like, you know, they had conversations and all of that. And so that's kind of what sparked his interest eventually he and his mom and his stepdad who sorry i know i called him paul earlier he actually went by the name lee so if you see that if you like look this up or watch anything on it sometimes they'll he'll be called lee anyway they moved back to oklahoma and they were living in oklahoma city so he was back to his home roots and he became friends with a guy named richard howard they had been friends like when he was little and reconnected Now, Richard was a lot like him, kind of a loner, really into Dungeons and Dragons, really into, like, the occult. Not that those go hand in hand, but for those two, they were kind of the same. And they both kind of hated their lives. And the more they talked, it became almost like how the two kids in the Columbine, how it was like the more they talked and the more they... um, 
like discussed how much they hated their lives. It became of let's do something about this. And they kind of rallied each other up in this like whirlwind of murder. Now later, Sean's going to say that the voices in his head were increasingly more demonic and, and even said that he was possessed by this demon named Ezrate. I don't even know if that's a real demon or if that's how you pronounce it, but that's what he said. So Richard had a girlfriend and the girlfriend's dad hated him was very like, I don't want you to see him, blah, 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 blah. So he and Sean decided to formulate this plan. They were going to each kill someone because Richard wanted to kill the girlfriend's dad so that they could be together. And Sean was going to have to kill someone so that it was equal. So neither one of them are going to tell on each other because now they've both killed somebody. So they took a little while to kind of figure out, okay, well, who's Sean going to kill to make it even? Well, eventually they settled on... 32-year-old Robert Bauer. So he was a clerk at the Circle K convenience store. He was this great guy. He worked the night shift, really nice. The boys went in there all the time. And in fact, Robert and Richard were kind of friends. Like, of course, like in the, hey, you know, you go to the same convenience store all the time and they like know what cigarettes you smoke or, you know, they just pull them down before, you know what I mean? Like in that regard, they know what breakfast sandwich you want, you know, whatever. So they decided just randomly because one day Richard tried to buy beer and Robert wouldn't sell it to him. Well, hello, they're like 15, 16. So of course he's not going to sell him beer. He's not a fucking idiot. So this pissed Richard off and he was like, let's kill Robert. Which is ridiculous because it's still someone for Richard. Exactly. (laughs) So the boys get together and they go to the convenience store. Again, it's it's at night and they're like hanging out, talking with him, like just staying in there for a little while, just hanging out because that's how close they were. I mean, they weren't like friends, but it was not abnormal for them to like get them a drink, get them a snack and then hang out and talk for a minute. Yeah. So that's what they did. They got a drink, a snack, hang out, chat. And they're just like asking him shit. Like if they have security cameras in there and he's like, Oh gosh, no. And they're like, you don't, you're not scared. You're going to get robbed. And he's like, no, there's $50 in this cash register at all times the rest goes into a safe like nobody's gonna rob me for fifty dollars right so they're like cool 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 you know they like go outside come back in hell they're like dude we're gonna get fifty dollars on top of this right well so what richard does is he goes to one of the aisles and like holds something up to robert to be like hey how much is this and while he's distracted sean pulls the gun and goes to shoot him well he fucking misses Oh, Lord. Oh, gosh. So, basically, they chase him around. Sean shoots a couple more times and eventually does shoot and kill Robert. Bless his heart. So, the boys take off. You know, they try to make it look like a robbery and take off. Well, the police have no idea who did this because there's no cameras. There's no leads. It was late at night. There was nobody just driving by to see. Police have no idea who killed Robert. Robert. Random question. If that had happened, like you were there and you could steal anything from that store, like candy bar. Oh, that's a good one. Airheads. Tropical Skittles. Tropical Skittles. The purple bag. Don't know that. Or and gummy bears. And um Okay, well you just have a fucking Santa sack. And the worms. Because I like to bite them in half and eat one on each side of my teeth. Yeah, you it's so weird. I do two of everything. <laughs> like gummy bears, one on each side. It's got to be even. Oh my God. <laughs> Mine would be... Reese's or Snickers, I bet. No, um, I can't think of the thing I haven't had in forever. Fifth Avenue? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, that. That and like the... um, It's a... Caramello. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Because you love those, and I don't know why you got them, because it's not a lot of candy. It's not, because that's why I had to get something else. Yeah, because I sit there and go, which has the most for my (laughs) dollar? Dollar, LOL. Okay, so this all happened in, like, 1985, and Sean is 16. So, a few months go by, and also, it should be noted that eventually, obviously, because we know about him and, and all of this, that Sean says that they were, like, laughing when they were leaving. Like, this was like, oh, my God, ha, 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 we did it. Like, we're on our high. Wow. So, some months go by, and, of course, like I said, police have no idea what's going on. Well, Sean gets himself a girlfriend. Wait, have they killed the dad yet? No. They didn't kill the dad, and we have, y'all, there's, there's, because there's so much on the ass end of this case that there's not a lot of details of, like, the actual murders, so 
I don't know why they didn't. I don't know if they're like, oh my God, that was so awesome. Like, we'll kill the other person later. And they just never did. I have no idea. Wow. Okay. So now Sean's the only one that's killed someone. Uh huh. So it's been about six months. Sean has a little girlfriend. And his mom is, again, very demeaning, like, doesn't like her, all the things. You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, calls her names mm-hmm. and, like, oh, you're wasting your time on that whore kind of thing. She's a, a bitch. Doesn't deserve to die, but she a bitch. Spoiler alert, she does. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean decides that he has to kill his mom. And he later says that he, like, basically blacks out and that he says he has a history of blacking out and that he, like, blacks out and doesn't remember anything about the murder, but then gives details of the murder. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like, which one is it? Yeah. But what we do know is that while his parents are, like, up and doing shit in the house, he, like, sneaks in, steals his stepdad's gun from, like, the bedside table, you know, leaves, waits for them to go to bed, strips down in his underwear... Performs a satanic ritual. We don't know what it is. And Richard and he did that before the other murder. Like, he was... uh, Sean was the kid that, like, carried a vial of his own blood to school and would, like, drink it during the day. Like What? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know what these satanic rituals were that he was doing. Apparently, he had... Now, this is is all alleged. He had met this witch that was into the dark arts and taught him how to, like, do, like, these dark spells and all of this. So he stripped down to his underwear to perform this satanic ritual and that he was going to basically do them as like a sacrifice too. And that he knew that he had to kill his stepdad first and that he wasn't looking at it like, I'm going to kill my stepdad. It was like a, he's a roadblock to stop this other roadblock. So it has to be done. And also stripped down to his underwear because the last murder was very bloody and he doesn't want Mm -hmm. Oliver's clothes. So when his parents go to sleep, he sneaks into the room and shoots and kills them both. Stepdad first, then his mom. And then even does like another couple of shots just for like good measure to make sure that they are dead. Well, he wasn't a good shot the first time, so. After he kills his parents, he goes to Richard's house and is like, bro, like, this is what I just did. Like, you know, tells him all the things and, um, like, spends the night at Richard's because they develop a plan. Like, okay, then he's going to, like, go home because he had destroyed the house to make it look like a home invasion robbery type thing. So, they're like, okay, stay here. And then you go home and be like, oh, look, I found my parents. I will say, I watched that Bailey girl on... Bailey Sarian? Sarian? Yeah. Sorian? I know who you're talking about. The Y'all, Everybody who and... loves her is like, that's not her name! Yeah. She's awesome, and she does the makeup while she does, like, the Murder mm-hmm. Mondays. She did this, and I want to say it was her that said that he went to his girlfriend's house that night. So, I'm not really... There's some conflicting stuff on this story. Just know that. But anyway, so the next day, again, not a lot of details on this, but it didn't take police long to figure out it was him. Apparently, there was some, um, like, he just dropped the gun beside him to just leave it, and, like, his fingerprints were on it. But that, like, just the way he was acting, police knew it was him, so he was quickly arrested. Well, eventually, I don't know if Richard came forward or if they figured it out. Eventually, Richard was arrested, too, and turned state's evidence so he wouldn't be convicted of first-degree murder for the murder of Robert at the convenience store. So, he testified against Sean for a five-year suspended sentence. What? Yes. Wow. Wow. So, of course, the media went berserko because this guy's 16. Sean is 16. He killed his parents. He killed a random store clerk, Robert, you know, and he was a Satan worshiper and into the occult and played Dungeons and Dragons. Like, there was such a push from, like, the Christians to get rid of Dungeons and Dragons, like, that that had caused this. And it's like, uh, no, it didn't. Sean was even like, no, it didn't. That was just the media, like, trying to yeah. flip this. But it was like, I mean, he was on Oprah. He was on Geraldo. Like, all oh, the things. Gosh. Because it was like this satanic panic stuff where people are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Right. Well, long story short, he was convicted But there's a lot in the trial that people had problems with because the judge didn't let the defense 
present evidence to show people who are like under the age of 25 or 18, whatever, their brains have not developed and they don't have the same reasoning skills as an adult. And the judge was like, you don't need to present that. Everybody knows that kind of thing. So there's a lot about the trial that people are like, that's kind of, but I honestly, this next part, I didn't really understand, but the, the jury was basically presented with, you have to give him, he's being convicted basically of first degree murder. And so you either convict him of that and he gets the death penalty or you convict him of this lesser charge and he go, he's getting, he's going to get out in five to seven years and he's going to do this again. So the jury didn't understand this middle ground where you could convict him and him be in for 20 plus years. Right. And they're just like, this is the 16-year-old that just killed his parents. Like, we don't know what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. So, Sean ended up being the youngest person and the only person ever convicted of the death penalty when their crime was under the age of 18. Because he was 16 at the time of his crime. Mm. Now, since 2005, the Supreme Court in the States have ruled that you cannot convict someone under the age of 18 to the death penalty like you can't do it legally at all so after his conviction that's when he was on like oprah geraldo all of that there were a lot of people who were against the death penalty for sean like amnesty international was supporting him like the bar associate not the bar association but some like legal thing like the bar association like all these like big things were like, no, he's under 18. Like you cannot, like you should not convict him to death because of his mental state and his age. Because after he was convicted, he was examined by this doctor named Dorothy Lewis. She was a professor of psychology and she found that not only does he have paranoid schizophrenia and other major mood disorders, he has, at the time, it was called multiple personality disorder. Now we know it as disassociative identity disorder. But they had done these different tests where one of them was um, called like an evoked potential test. And apparently this is like based on biological signals. Like he could not fake this test if he tried because it looks at like your pupils, like stuff that you cannot control. And they found that he had an alternate personality named Danny And, like, Danny was the controller, and Danny was left-handed, and Sean was right-handed. Oh, shit. So, it's like, he couldn't just be like, let me fake this Danny guy, and I'm going to write left-handed. You know what I mean? Well, he could. Yeah, but, like, that's hard to do. Yeah, I'm just saying he could. He did have a lot of time by himself. But, of course, at the time... Well, even now, disassociative identity disorder takes a long time to diagnose. Yeah. And especially back then, it really was not understood. It's I don't think it still is now, but it definitely wasn't back in like 1986. Well, that kind of makes sense. So with his blacking out. Yeah. It Yes, it does. And the fact that he's, I mean, he said he heard voices back even when he was yeah. like five or six or six or whatever, however old he was. Ages, who cares? Right. So this went to all the appeals. The Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals said, like, yeah, this is new stuff, but you should have raised this at trial. So, like, sorry, we can't help you. Damn. They tried to convince one of the um, governors, his Governor Keating, to see if he would give him clemency. And he was basically like, hell no. He was quoted basically saying, like, he's not going to give clemency to any condemned prisoner. Like, period. And there was just so many people that this was such a divisive case. Like, people who were very pro-death penalty were like, he killed three people. Two of them were his fucking parents. Like, his stepdad, he viewed as like a, it was his dad. It didn't matter that he wasn't his biological father. That was his dad. And he killed three people in cold blood and planned it. Like, this wasn't like a, my parents made me mad and I lost it. No, you went in, went in there, got the gun, stripped down to your underwear, did your ritual, did all your shit, and killed them. Like, these were planned executions. And so people are like, no, he absolutely deserved the death penalty. But then other people are like, no, he doesn't. He was 16 when he murdered them. And he had all of this mental illness. Yeah, sent him in prison because he killed people, but like... But you shouldn't put him to death. So it was a very, very much a case that just had people split. And of course, when 
Sean was in jail, he found religion and became a Christian again and denounced his Satanism and, and all the things. And it's like, again, yeah, it's very easy to, to do that when you have people watching you. And like, so all these like preachers and stuff were supporting him. But eventually time ran out and he never successfully appealed his execution. And his last meal was um, Chinese and he was put to death at the age of 29 on February 4th, 1999. And he is, I think, the only person to be put to death for a crime committed when they were under the age of 18. Damn. Yeah. Chinese is a good choice, though. Well, you know what else is a good choice? Felix Grey glasses. Oh, <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, Felix Gray is back, and I'm really glad. Yeah, because, look, y'all, one day, poor Corey was sick. Not to tell your business, Corey, but welcome to the fam. And she had to edit, and she didn't wear her Felix Gray. Just tell all my business, too. She didn't wear her Felix Gray's, and that girl had a fucking headache. Oh, my gosh, a mile long. <laughs> I said, you should have worn your Felix Gray glasses. I really should have. I'm sorry. Look, what makes Felix Gray so special? They block out 15 times more blue light than the other brands of glasses. That's the stuff that makes your eyes so sleepy, so painful, gives you headaches, all that shit. We don't want the blue light. But it's from everything that we do want, like our phones, TVs, tablets, all the things. Mm -hmm. So if you're having headaches, blurry vision, dry eyes, you're tired, having trouble sleeping, it could be from exposure from the blue lights. And here's the thing. You know how everybody's like, oh, good sleep hygiene is putting your phone down 30 minutes before you go to bed. I don't want to fucking do that. I want to play Candy Crush. I want to play my color game. It's not even a game. It's literally me color by numbers, coloring pictures. It's your therapy. I want to do that while I'm going to bed. So if the blue light's going to keep me up, give me something to block the fucking blue light because I ain't putting the phone down. Exactly. It's a compromise. And you don't have to compromise quality or cuteness because I have purple frames. <laughs> All about you, 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 usually. Says the Leo. <laughs> But hey, remember how I said Donna has a pair? That bitch can't see it all. And so her glasses are prescription. My glasses, no, because I'm pretending like I don't need them. <laughs> they also have readers too. And glasses for kids. Very important. So if you want free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, you need to not walk, run your fingers across your keyboard <laughs> oh, okay. straight to felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash creep. C-R-E-E-P. Y'all, these things are so cute and work so freaking well. Y'all have got to try them. You will not be disappointed. Like she said, felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. Okay, take your opinion of the death penalty aside. Like, whether you agree or disagree, that's not what I'm asking. Just take that to the side. Do you think that someone should be convicted under the age of 18? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, and that's kind of what the defense was. They were, which this, their, their wording is kind of problematic now because, you know, this is 85, but they were like, he wanted to be a man. He made a man decision when he picked up that gun. So he needs to be punished like a man. Can we just say adult? But you know what I mean? Yeah. Kids can do some heinous shit. Yeah. And even though their brain hasn't fully developed all that mumbo jumbo, like things I don't understand, you still know right from wrong. You know that. Yeah, I, t I agree with that. One, one problem I had too, though, is it's like, yeah, he had all this mental illness stuff, but I also feel like he kind of pandered to people for what they wanted, like, you know, talking about the Satanism thing, the D&D &D thing, the you know, becoming religious again, you know, it's just yeah. like kind of panders to what he thinks is going to get him out of it. And then the other thing too, is just because someone has a mental illness, it doesn't excuse them for shit behavior. Yes. And that goes for everything. Like when I'm having a time where I'm really depressed, that doesn't mean I get to be a royal cunt just because I'm depressed or I'm anxious or because my anxiety manifests as anger. And that's not okay. I can't be mean to you 
because I'm anxious. I can't go kill someone because of the voices. I can't, you know what I mean? Right. Also, it really pisses me off when people use like schizophrenia and all that as an excuse because I know we've said this over and over on this podcast. People who are schizophrenic are more harmful to themselves than others. Yeah. It's very, very rare that someone who is schizophrenic harms someone else because of the voices. And so to me, it just is further propaganda against the stereotype of people with schizophrenia. So that pisses me off. Right. They are... They villainize them. Yes, and make them dangerous. When they're not dangerous to other people, they're dangerous to themselves, which is awful, and we need to protect them, mm-hmm. not villainize them. Yeah. The thing is, is that the death penalty is so hard anyway, but but with him, he killed three people, and he, he laughed after. He didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I blacked out, and yet remember all these details of the crime. Right, and I just don't trust anyone like him to take his medication, to do all the things to help his mental health and all that when he got out of prison. Right. So keep him in prison with or without the death penalty. Keep him in prison. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely think he deserves prison. Like, I don't think he deserves to go to like a mental health facility for 20 years or whatever, because I, I no, he deserves to be in jail. He killed three people. Yeah. And again, it was planned. It wasn't... It wasn't a psychotic break. Right. It, it wasn't anything like that. It was premeditated on two separate occasions with someone else. You know, this was not like... This was 100% premeditated and not a psychotic break. Like someone with like the extreme postpartum when they kill their child. And it's like, no, that's a fucking psychotic break. You know, yeah. and I know that's like a whole nother can of worms, but I'm just saying that's the best example I could come up with right now of a true psychotic break where something happens and it's like, you know. It's so hard, but yeah, I feel like age has nothing to do with it. For me, like just my opinion. Well, ultimately in this case, he knew right. That's the, that's the thing. Was he capable of knowing right from wrong? Yes, he was. So he should be in prison. Now, I also, I mean, we don't really tweet. I mean, I've been very political this episode talking about spanking and and hunting, but you know, a lot of times people that are pro the death penalty was like, we don't want to use yeah. hard-earned tax dollars yeah. to pay to have them in prison and healthcare and blah, blah blah blah. But really, it costs a significant more to convict them and put them to death because of the appeals process and and all of that. And one podcast I was listening to, I didn't know this was a thing. Did you know that when they carry out the death penalty, I heard this on a podcast called Gruesome. Um, they said that, like, if, like, let's say, like, let's say I was being put to death and for killing you and, like, your brother and sister wanted to come, they would pay for them, like, their travel, their hotel while they were what? here, all that. And, like, all in all, like, including the, like, last meal and the, the, the witnesses and blah, 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 blah. It ends up costing like $30,000 to put someone to death. Wow. Now, don't quote me on that because I just heard that on that podcast, Gruesome. Quote them. Get mad at them <laughs> if that's wrong. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. Don't get mad at anybody because shit happens. But yeah, I was like, damn, that's, you could feed a, a prisoner for 20 years on $30,000. Right. Their meals are like 14 cents. Is Am I heartless to be like, don't pay for a witness to come do that? Well, if it was the, the victim's family... And they wanted to be there. Why were they I gone? don't know. Like, well, but let's say that it was like your sister who doesn't live here. I don't know. I'm, I don't know why. I just feel like that's on you. Yeah. To make it there. I do agree with that. Like, that's not on us to provide that. Yeah. Also, Zoom. It's free. Ma'am, no. They're not going to Zoom a... No. In light of fucking $30,000. I know. I do agree that they shouldn't pay for the family members and stuff to, to be there. If they want to be there, it should be their responsibility. Especially not their meals and shit. Totally agree with all that. No, I do not like that. Well, y'all let us know what you think because I know that this is a very divisive episode on what your opinions are of the death penalty and age restrictions and all of that. But, I mean, our Supreme Court did rule that it is unconstitutional to put someone under the age of 18 to death for a crime. I just don't understand that. It's because their brain isn't developed enough to understand the, like, permanent consequences. So, okay, so... 
for someone who has the mental capacity of someone younger than that, is that the same thing? Yes. They are, yes. They're like a vulnerable population and you're not supposed to do that either. I feel like they have though. Well, they also did it to Sean, but yeah, no, I think that's included. Like if someone has like a developmental delay like that, I don't think you can either. I just feel like that's so hard. I mean, obviously there's an age that... You're not saying like a six-year-old. Right. The thing is, is just put them in prison. Like, I don't understand why the death penalty has to be like the option you go to. Yeah. Well, and again, that was part of the issues with the original trial, though, is that the jury was not instructed properly yeah. on what their options were. Yeah. they It was like they were presented with, you either put him to death or if you convict him of this lesser whatever, then he's going to be out in five to seven years. Also, because at the time, it was something with the Oklahoma law too, like first degree murder was like an automatic death penalty or something. Like they didn't have like life in prison for a first degree murder. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. But again, laws have changed oh, significantly sure. since then. For sure. That's the thing. Like, I guess I'm not, I'm not against a death penalty, but like, that's like last resort, not something that I'm like, death penalty. So I guess that's why I don't think about the age thing. Yeah. Because I'm I, just thinking about their crimes. Yeah, I am definitely um, more like logical when it comes to the death penalty. Because, I mean, I can definitely see both sides. But I'm like, yeah, but it costs way more. So, and what if you're wrong? It, that's that's my biggest thing yeah. too. What if you're wrong? If they're, like, I don't even know what the percentages of people who have been wrongfully convicted that were put to death or have been exonerated on death row. Right. But if there is one, we don't need to do it. Right. And there have been hundreds who have been exonerated while on death row. So that right there should tell you like, yeah, probably not a good idea. Yeah. Again, I guess, I I don't know. I'm so conflicted. This is me. I'm like, well, well, well. Because again, but you know what? I think that's what, that's one thing I like about us is that we can be introspective enough and we can also appreciate both sides of the coin where it's like, I can see what you're saying there, but what about this? But I can, okay, I can see what you're saying there, but what about this? Besides that one case that you thought the son had killed the whole family and I'm like, eh, I don't think so. Yeah, and then it was almost the end of our friendship. <laughs> Not really. Because you're like, what? You don't think he's guilty? Because she had it in her mind that I would. No, I still remember that. Yeah, and I still remember the poll on Facebook that most people agree with me, but I digress. <laughs> but for real, we want to know what y'all's opinions are. And if you start a thread on this in the Facebook, remember to be kind to each other because everyone has a differing opinion and you might have a differing one than us. So be kind to each other. No one's dumb because of their opinion. They may be wrong, but they're not I'm kidding. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we want to know y'all's opinions. Because again, like I said, I'm just like, well, well, just put them in prison. Yeah. (laughs) Make them pay for their crimes. More so than like the death penalty stuff. You know what I have more of an issue with? The length of time of... Sentencing? Yes. Like the fucking Brock whatever of it all where he got like six months in prison? Yes. For raping someone? Yes. Yeah, that's what I have the issue with of so many things. It's like... Oh, they did this heinous crime. Oh, two years and they'll be out. And it's like, what? And then someone had a dime bag of pot and they get 20 years. Yeah. So it's just like... The disparities in the crime as it compares to the length of time they get in prison. Yeah. Or like that case you did in Canada where the guy killed the guy on the Greyhound. Oh my God. And then he out. He's living his life. So it's just like, what? So that's more of my issue of that whole thing. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, again, we definitely want to know what y'all think. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.